0: And finally, Britney Spears is in the news, and I'm always afraid to hear when Britney's in the news because sometimes no news is good news. So when there's news, I'm like, did she marry yet another one of these money-grubbing mooches? Did she marry another guy where I look at him and I'm like, I had a chance. If I played my cards right, I'm in the conversation, Or worse, sometimes I do fear that the next time I hear about Britney Spears is she's dead. Because you have to understand, Lindsay Fonseca, Hilary Duff, Kristen Crook, Elizabeth Olsen, my adoration of them pales in comparison to what I used to feel for Britney Spears when I was a teenager. I'll be the first to tell you, it was an obsession. I legit drank Pepsi because of this girl. Like, it's a sad sight to see me dance now, but once upon a time, I could dance. I had training. And whereas a lot of people, they modeled their dance moves off of the King of Pop, off of Michael Jackson. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's the best, but there's also a bunch of rumors about him that uh maybe not really want to think about him, let alone model anything after him. Now let's just say, it wasn't that hard to want to think about Britney Spears. I knew all her dance moves, had all my walls covered with her posters, all kinds of merchandise. You name it, that was me. I was a total fanatic. But, we all know what happened. She went cuckoo bananas crazy. Which isn't a deal breaker. Especially not coming from me. That would be like... The pot calling the kettle black, right? But it just, her stuff fell off. Her music wasn't good after a while. And crazy is fine, so long as you're crazy hot. But she became crazy not. Oh, it's tough. Sometimes when I see pictures of her or footage of her, like now, which is not even at her worst. At one point, she looked like Jessica Simpson, you know? An insane Jessica Simpson. She was just large and in charge. But even now, she's lost a lot of weight, thankfully. She's like, fit again. Uh, Mostly physically. I think mentally, she's probably still got a couple screws loose. Which again, is cool. I can't judge that. But whereas I'm almost 35 and I could probably pass for 25, the same can't be said about her. I'm like, I used to have such a big crush on you, Brit. Now, even a homely loser like me would have to think twice about... Hitting it. Oh my goodness, is that what Hit Me Baby One More Time was about? Hitting it? She was a strumpet? Oh well, I still love her, it's cool. But yeah, she's back in the news, I guess kind of for a good reason. Because when all that batshit crazy stuff was going on, I guess she lost control over her own fortune, right? Because she was getting married left, right, and center. And I don't think she was signing prenubs. And so, for whatever reason, the court appointed her dad the sole conservator of her, like, millions upon millions of dollars and her all her assets and stuff. It's strange that her dad was the dude who stepped in. Because I didn't even know she had a dad. Every magazine I've ever read about her, which was a lot, every article I've ever read about her, it's always just been the mom. And since all this, I haven't even heard about the mom. Then Mrs. Spears croak. I want to pretend like I feel something, but let's face it, I'm pretty dead on the inside. Yeah, as I was saying, I think it's kind of good news. Without knowing all the details of what exactly a conservatorship means, like, has he been getting to do whatever he wants with the money or he's just kind of making what the court would agree to be good investments and good decisions with the money? Or is this guy just sipping on the finest of champagnes while enjoying lavish weekends at exotic destinations while being accompanied by the hoiest hoes that money did ever buy? One way or another, she's a grown woman now. She's got two kids. She's 39 years old, which is friggin' disgusting, right? I remember when she was 19 years old time is a cruel mistress. One that has left bit bit, looking like an old beat-up catcher's mitt, and old Kenny, a homely podcaster. Sounds like she'll have some control of her money once again. At least she has that much to look forward to. The only thing I have to look forward to when I'm 39 years old is hopefully some kind of murder-suicide pact for when I turn 40. But if I've learned one thing in this life up until now, it's that you can't trust anybody, especially in a mutual murder agreement. It's a sad state of affairs when the only time I get to talk about Britney Spears is when a court is involved. I remember back in the day, it was just all good. I mean, not for me. I never, I've never. i never won in life. I meant for Britney. She was always... It was always good. It was always bright and sunny. The only courts she was being spotted on were actual tennis courts, where I remember distinctly she made an appearance in the cutest tennis outfit I ever did see. It's a real shame that Kenny Ho Show wasn't around when Britney was in her prime, because nobody does it like Britney. Madonna wasn't as pretty. T-Swift isn't naturally as good a performer or as charismatic as her. If only there was a way, I could go back in time, and do a Kenny Ho show, and highlighting the princess of pop, in her prime, in real time, as it happened. If only there was a way. Hmm? Wait, what's happening here? What the hell is this? Is this what I think it is? Is this when it happens? Is this when I become future Kenny? Let me see, did my voice change? It doesn't sound different to me. Or can I not hear it? Is that how it works? Oh my goodness, I can't believe this. I'm going to get to go back and do a Kenny Ho show filled with Britney Spears, Britney News, Britney album reviews, and I guess a, a, a less popular segment, Britney movie reviews. Everything Britney, there'll be so much Britney, Britney everything, well, minus the actual Britney. I can't even... You know, with the the reach of the Kenny Ho Show, I can't even reach, you know, a local talent like Kristen Crook. She literally lives in Toronto, and I can't reach out to her because her people would just laugh me off the phone. Or at least via text, using exclusively emojis. And even though it takes me two days to piece it all together because they use so many, I'm like, is this hieroglyphics? What's, what am I looking at here? But then I realize, I'm like, oh... They're being disrespectful. Wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. The internet is readily available from where I'm coming from, yet I'm universally ignored. What the hell am I doing? I'm going back into the past where if you didn't have the internet, it wasn't weird. Wait a minute, podcast weren't even a thing back then. It appears I've hit a snag in my plan. But you know what? i will just alter the plan. Instead of just going back to the past, I'll go not only back into the past, but I will also, hopefully, find a way to go to an alternate dimension where everybody has the internet, my podcast is huge, and Britney's in her prime. I feel like this is not going to go well for me. First things first, though. Am I even going in the right direction? Which way's the past? Am I going towards the past right now? I guess one way to find out. Welcome to the Kenny Ho Show 500. This will be the last Kenny Ho Show ever. We're down to 200,000 survivors. Survivors of the virus that was once known as COVID-19 before it morphed into what we now call the T-Virus. Because all of humanity is now gathered in one city. It finally happened. I finally met Elizabeth Olson, but it didn't go according to plan. I simply approached her to say hello, but before I could even say anything, she looked me up and down and said, No. Not a chance. Not even if you were the last man alive. You need to understand that you're so gross, humanity will literally end because of you. Because of your fugly face. I stood in the streets, in that same spot, for the next eight hours. I no longer have reason to continue. Even the Kenny Ho show hasn't been around for a long time. I've been recording the Kenny Ho show into a shoe. Farewell, cruel world. So I feel like that's not the right direction. I get the sense that's not the past. I'm just gonna turn around here and... uh Pretend I didn't hear any of that. And just go in the opposite direction here. And I don't have to call you a whore. I mean, again, I don't have to call them a whore, but come on, life's too short. Life's too short to not call a spade a spade, right? Ah, well, that sounds familiar. I feel like I recorded that last week. Pretty sure that's from 299. She's a real Hannah. Smack her in the face, never ever soil the good name of Hannah Montana, all right? That's not the best of both worlds. That's not even a woman. That's a dude with boobs. That's definitely 298. Like the first hobo that comes up to me, I hope he's there to slash my throat. Because if he's a gay hobo, and he's there for some, you know, man-on-man love, well, let's just say, I wouldn't be up for something like that. But unfortunately for me, I feel like the deranged hobo isn't looking for consent. 297, I'm going in the right direction. It's like the Disney situation, the Disney Star Wars situation all over again, where they're like, I hear you guys loud and clear. Too much Star Wars, too fast, we gotcha. And everyone was like, hey man, that's not the feedback. That's not what we said at all. We said, you're Star Wars' sack. Ah yes, the first step to insanity. Hearing only what you want to hear. I'm on step three myself. Convincing myself everything is going to be okay. What do you mean you met a hot girl? No, you didn't. You don't know if you even met a girl. Like, here, I'll give you this. You definitely met a G-I-R-L. But I don't mean girl. I'm referring to the acronym that stands for a guy in real life. You damn yuts. Let's go faster. If I'm going to get high, it's on the good stuff. Oh, family show, I would never get high. I'm high on life, high on God. Ah, 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 even though I'm a creature of the night and a blasphemy to him. I could have been touching Cabby in places where normally she wouldn't let me touch, but because her character is like, oh, I find you handsome. You can touch me there. What did I ever do to you? I'm not a stud. I definitely didn't sleep with your daughter. And I'm assuming your wife's a fat porker, so I definitely didn't sleep with her. Who the hell gives a shit about Hawkeye? I'm almost certain 99% of people on this planet watching that movie all feel the same way about Hawkeye. Who the hell gives a shit? Nobody cares about Hawkeye. I would trade a 100 Hawkeyes for one Scarlett Johansson. Man. I have no idea how to go into a parallel dimension. Maybe I stop running forward and I don't know, just jump off to the side here. Parallel right? Going to the side here would be parallel to this time stream. I am so smart. That's gotta be it. Worst case scenario, I get lost in the time stream. Isn't Aerith from Final Fantasy doing that too? I could spend some quality time with Aerith. I talked myself into it. Here goes nothing. Mm-hmm. Hello, it is I, Kenny Ho, bringing you another jam-packed edition of the Kenny Ho Show, recently named the highest-rated podcast in all the land. Now, I'm just going to cut right to the chase. There's no beating around the bush today, because I know lots and lots of good things happen to me each and every day, but I feel like last night, I had the best thing to happen to me. Well, at least since that month that I dated those four Eurasian girls back to back to back to back. Four weeks in a row, four new girls. That was a personal best for me. Well, Eurasian girls anyway. Just regular plain old white girls. I've definitely had weeks where I've gone back to back to back to back in the same night. What up? It's amazing what being the star of the most beloved podcast in all the land will allow you to do. Twin Sisters one time, what? But last night I was watching the Much Music Weekly Top 20 and something amazing happened. Not only was there a new number one, it was a new number one that debuted at number one. I don't know if that's ever happened. Well, I mean, not since The Kenny Ho Show debuted at number one across the entire planet. But last night I watched my brand new favorite music video of all time. It's called Baby One More Time by a Britney Spears. Never have my eyes beholden such beauty, such grace. I kind of want to say such class, but she was literally dressed up in a schoolgirl outfit. And we all know that's the oldest strip club gimmick. I've definitely had a couple dances by girls named Candy or Destiny or something like that wearing a schoolgirl outfit. I mean, this was a few years ago, of course. Turns out when you become a somebody, you don't need strip clubs anymore. Life becomes your strip club. Except the difference is, instead of getting a dance in a booth right next to somebody whose dance is ending because he punched his stripper in the throat, now I just get dances on my bed made completely out of money. Being successful is great. Being successful is the best. But anyway, I've watched Baby One More Time between last night and coming on to do the show at least 12 times. And on 10 of those viewings, I didn't even have the sound on. And just before I came on, I was doing a little bit of research on this video. It turns out Jive, her record company, intended to do an animated video for this single. Now here's the thing. I know the cocaine is pretty good down there, but they need to lay off of it a bit, alright? There's more to life than drugs, okay? There's also impressionable 19-year-olds who want to make it in showbiz, okay? They need to make some adjustments to their life because what kind of logic is that? You have literally the most beautiful, hottest, fittest, the all-American girl next door who's willing to shake what her mama gave her and wear the skimpiest of outfits while doing so and your plan is to... Not put her in the video at all? Yeah, we'll just put a cartoon in there. Are you saying you want to be mortal enemies? Brittany had to step in and be like, you're an idiot. This teenage girl had to be like, listen, moron, I'm hot. Put me in a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. We're going to sell like hotcakes here. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is the more moral and ethical choice. Oh, believe me, if that was an actual Catholic school, and the girls actually dress like that, well, all of them would catch fire the moment morning prayers started. Let's just say, if that was a real Catholic school, MTV would never run out of candidates for Teen Mom. Now, I'm going to be completely honest and tell you that I have had three scares over the past year. First and foremost, the Y2K fiasco, the time I tested false positive, and more recently, I was really afraid I wasn't going to get tickets to see Britney Spears live. Thankfully, everything has worked out. I mean, just in general. Damn, it's good to be me. Turns out the fear was nonsensical. Turns out the fear was completely unfounded. It turns out the new Oops I Did It Again video really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. The pop princesses received a lot of flack for including an homage to Titanic. People seem to hate it. Make up your mind, people. Didn't you love that movie? Didn't it make so much money that it could fill the entire Titanic up two, three times? It didn't happen that long ago. It was 1997. I still talk about Star Wars and that came out in 1977. People saying things like, that made no sense. But in reality, it actually made perfect sense. That guy played it perfectly. He knew. Chicks love jewelry. Do you know how many girls I've gotten in the sack who weren't impressed by my podcast, but were super impressed by a diamond necklace I gave them? I love this video. If not for the skin tight bodysuit that Britney's in, Or, if not for the snazzy, memorable, and therefore someday will be iconic dance moves? It bare minimum reminds me that so long as they keep making diamonds, I'm never gonna have a bad day in my life. You know, I know that I put Britney on a pedestal. That she's not like other women. That she is something special. And you know what, like 99% of that is true, but at the end of the day, you can't trust them. Any of them. Even her. As much as it pains me to say, because last night, Britney won her first Much Music Video Award. And she was a special performer, so she was here on hand to accept the award. And during her speech, she talked about how much this award meant to her. And that she would always cherish and treasure it. So now I know Britney's a liar. Nobody cherishes a Much Music Award. Unless you are a loser Canadian artist that makes about $150 per year off royalties, you do not care about the Much Music Awards. The hierarchy of music awards goes like this. Grammy, billboards, moon man. Everything else you at the very most accept via satellite. If the award actually makes it to you, Okay, that's fine, another paperweight. If it doesn't, you don't bat an eye, you don't even think about it. You don't even realize they didn't send you the award. Bunch of Canadian cheapskates. <laughs> I had a really good night last night. I had me a couple cans of Pepsi, got to watch Crossroads feature my favorite girl at a special screening, and I didn't go alone. I have recently hired three new interns each of them resembling Britney Spears at least a little bit. And last night, one of them was willing to show me just how bad she wanted to make it in the entertainment industry. Now, today's a bit of a rough day. For years now, I've been filling my life with Britney substitutes. Lookalikes, soundalikes. Just girls named Britney with a sweet ass. But it turns out, That was completely foolish of me. I probably just could have had the real one. It's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time. And I could do this show remotely. I could do it from out of the back of a van. A van parked outside of one of Britney's homes waiting for her. My lawyers tell me I shouldn't say things like this on the air. So I'll just get to the point. This girl married some guy. Just some dude. He's not rich. He's not famous. He doesn't even know her that well. They're like childhood friends, but that was, oh, I don't know, like 15 years ago. People change, buddy. His name is Jason Alexander, and everybody's saying, Ah, George Costanza. Oh, isn't that funny? You know what? It would have been much better if it was actually George Costanza. At least that guy's a national treasure. Where's this guy? He's some douchebag. Remember how a couple of months ago I was like, Britney married a douchebag. It turns out I was wrong. First of all, they got that thing annulled. They're like, ah, she's uh, under a lot of pressure. She uh, is being a real silly goose. But also because that guy's a champion compared to this guy that she's engaged to now. Yes, the gorgeous girl of my dreams, Britney Spears, is now engaged to one of her backup dancers. Who is now known across the entire world as the luckiest man alive. Kevin Federline. A.K.A. K-Fed. This guy is white. And he has a street name. No one from the streets knows this guy. He has a manufactured street name. This is the worst type of person on the planet. A poser. Coincidentally enough... I'm here to announce that the Kenny Ho Show shall be shifting focus onto my new best girl, Lizzie McGuire star Hillary Duff, who I'm sure has enough good sense in her to never ever get knocked up by some party boy douchebag. After seven long years with two hundred and ninety nine episodes somehow i'm still unanimously ignored still universally reviled still last in ratings but number one in your heart the coolest podcast ever It's time for laughs. It's time for tears. It's time for the Kenny Ho Show 300. It's showtime. Welcome to The Kenny Ho Show, episode 300. Yes, yes, and as you can hear, every show is like The Kenny Ho Show these days in the sense that there is no audience. <laughs> I cry myself to sleep sometimes at night. Man, how time flies, right? It seems like it was only yesterday that we celebrated episode 200. There's no doubt this one got COVID fast-tracked. Because if you break it down, uh, if, if I'm on top of my game, which I probably haven't been on top of my game since I was like 21 years old or something like that, but let's say... I show up each and every week, minus Christmas and, I don't know, Hillary Duff's birthday. So for those two holy weeks, I don't do a show. (laughs) But I'd still end up with 50 shows a year. So every two years, every other year, I reach the century mark. And it turns out, if you do, like, two or three Kenny Ho shows per week, and on occasion, one every single day, and call it a jab, you get there real quick. I mean, it's an empty, hollow feeling, reinforcing my reputation of being one of the great losers of our time. But you make it to 300 real fast. My parents cry themselves to sleep at night sometimes. (laughs) Now, I feel like I gave myself the right amount of time to do it this time. 100 was not enough time. I gave myself a couple weeks to do it. 200, I gave myself too much time. I started maybe like a year ahead of time. This one, I'm recording, or at least starting to record, eight episodes out. And normally, that's plenty of time. That's two months. Hell, if this was when I first started... Eight episodes, that could be like six months. I mean, one way or another, I could do it pretty comfortably. There would be no anxiety. I don't know who I'm trying to kid here. Of course, there would be anxiety. The wind blows the wrong way, and I get anxiety. (laughs) I seriously don't remember the last time I lived my life without anxiety. I suppose there would just be a more manageable level of anxiety. And not a, oh my goodness, it's eight weeks away. Not even eight weeks. I do like two or three episodes a week. This thing could happen in the next three to four weeks. Excuse me for a second. I believe I need to take a moment in my crying corner. <laughs> I mean, I suppose I could just, you know, take my time. Just go back to the regular once a week. The problem is, what the hell am I doing with my time if I'm not doing like three Kenny Ho shows per week? What am I going to do? Read a book? Learn a new language? Finally put those dumbbells to use and work out? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I have no interest in becoming a better man. I hear ignorance is bliss. And since I don't feel any bliss, I feel like I need to get more ignorant. Next book burning, sign me up. I did, however, want to feed my glutton. Like, literally, like I wanted to become a better cook so I could eat better. But then I discovered a steady diet of Chef Boyardee's and Sunship's. Pretty damn good to me. These fancy outgoing types can keep their five-star restaurants. Listen, they can go and pay Chef Souser $300 for some weird, filthy, hippie, inspired by the rising of the sun and the setting of the full moon type of finger food that wouldn't even fill a rabbit's stomach, let alone a big boy like myself. That's right, I'm switching over to the positive self-talk. I no longer refer to myself as fat. I'm now (laughs) big-boned. And I'll just take the $300 from that one meal they're having and buy 300 cans of Chef Boyardee's when they go on sale. So I guess I kind of eliminated my need to learn how to cook better. Because ain't nobody cook better than the chef boy himself. A bit of a random thought here, but I wonder if cooking is hereditary. Because if it is, then I'm going to need the chef boy RD company to always have their delicious canned goods for a reasonable price. Because just going by my mama's cooking skills, I don't remember the last time she put a decent meal on the table. And I certainly... Don't remember the last time she put a decent meal on the table without bitching at us about how hard she has to work and how we're a bunch of good-for-nothings, using her like a slave, even though we literally asked nothing of her except for a little peace and quiet. I have to assume the last time she cooked something up real delicious and it didn't come with a side of angry sauce was probably before I was even born, back when she was only kind of mean. <laughs> now, even though I don't think cooking is hereditary, there's a good chance acting might be hereditary, because I used to be a pretty decent actor, and I believe I got that skill from my mama who must have put on an Oscar-worthy performance in order to swindle my old papa, you know? (laughs) Because I'm like, there's no way. There's no way he would have said I do if she behaved the way that she behaves now 40 years ago, right? I'm sure she was a beautiful woman back in the day, but I believe her level of attractiveness did not keep up with her level of insanity. Once those two points meet on a graph, you must stop there. If the insanity line continues past that, you pull the classic. You pull the old classic, old Kenny move. You disappear in the middle of the night. You pick up smoking. This is what we call in the business, the long con. So you pick up smoking maybe like a month or two ahead of time. That's, say, like two months. So she gets into the rhythm of you needing to go to the store in the middle of the night to pick up a pack of smokes. And then one night, you'll leave a couple grand in her drawer. Because with that attitude, she ain't getting a job for a while. You don't want her to end up on the streets. The world will eat her alive. But once you're done that, you tell her, I'm going out for a pack of smokes. And then you never, ever return. <laughs> And my favorite part of that whole story is, I am never born. (laughs) I love my dad, but he's a damn fool. He screwed us all. (laughs) 2020's been a rough year, eh? I mean, not for everybody. The Grim Reaper had himself a banner year. <laughs> he collected so many souls, he didn't know what to do with all of it. What do you even do with excess souls? you just make it rain on these demon stripper bitches? <laughs> but he just had a good time. Most other years, you have to be very careful about which souls you reap. You're usually good to reap as many regular people's souls as you want. Nobody's gonna bat an eye. Somebody's grandma died? She was old. There's a circle of life. I paid you for a dance, Desiree, not to deal with your problems. So say goodbye to grandma and take it off! (laughs) But celebrity souls, you gotta be careful. You take a couple... Beloved celebrities here and there. People get upset about it. They'll ruin their day. They'll grieve for a little bit. But they'll get over it. The rule of thumb is you can't go around all willy-nilly and just whacking legends left, right, and center. That'll send the world into mass hysteria. Global depression. they will mess everything right up. But in a year where all of that already happened... Be my guest. Have at it. Black Panther? Ring him up. Kobe seems a little young. Eh, screw him. I never liked the Lakers. Jeopardy? Well, isn't that ironic? Because that's what your life is in right now. <laughs> you had a good run, Connery. You got to juke a bunch of bitches and slap them around. Now it's the devil's turn. And this son of bitch had a real hard-on for Star Wars, right? Oh my goodness. Boba Fett and Darth Vader? Kinda. The guy who played him physically? I mean, it kinda hurt, but... The day when James Earl Jones goes? Let's just say my mama and papa can kiss their deposit goodbye because I'm flooding the crying corner. <laughs> But I gotta assume more people had a bad year as opposed to a fantastic banner year. Like Aunt Becky had a really rough 2020, right? Did you see these photos of her like upon release? The photos from the day she finally escaped the clink? She looks different. She looks haunted. She looks like not only has she seen some shit, but she looks like... Somebody did some shit to her. That light, that bright and cheeriness that used to be synonymous with Aunt Becky is gone now. Gone is the time when her day consisted of changing Nikki and Alex, giving sage motherly advice to DJ. They were instead replaced by Patty and Agnes holding her down and taking turns spitting in her mouth or something like that. <laughs> All over trying to get her daughter into a good college. Have you seen that girl? She looks like a spitting image of Aunt Becky. Meaning, she's super hot. She didn't need college to begin with. Modeling, insta I still don't understand how it happens, but apparently being a TikTok star is a thing. And I'm going to assume, much like every other social media platform, it favors attractive hot girls. And even if you wanted to be legit, even if Aunt Becky wanted her daughter to have a regular job. Once again, the daughter is hot. She'll be fine. You can go to any old college. Get your piece of paper, and then show up to the interview looking fab, and believe me, you could be stupid. You could have gotten by the skin of your teeth. Your average could have been 60%, the bare minimum, at least in Canada, to graduate. But if you show up looking the way you do, you're getting hired. You could come off as a complete ditzy airhead, and you're getting the job. Olivia Jade looks so good, even if there's not a job, they're creating a job just for her. And if it's a woman in charge, if it's a woman who's interviewing you, you don't want that job anyway. Because they'll be going out of business any day now. Girl, you gotta understand, all the legitimate companies on this planet are run by men. Women can work there. In fact... If for nothing else, just for the eye candy, women will definitely work there. Many attractive ones, too. But if they think they're going to get ahead in life, let me introduce you to something called the glass ceiling, baby. (laughs) Boom. A patriarchy joke. The first of 300 here on the Kenny Ho Show 300. (laughs) Now, I know this is in poor taste, but I'm going to have to break up this comedy special for a quick ad. That's right, a commercial here on the Kenny Ho Show 300. (laughs) This part of the Kenny Ho Show is brought to you by the Acme Suicide Kit. Acme Suicide for those really... Really tough days. (laughs) Of course, there wasn't an actual ad. Ain't nobody crazy enough to get in the bed with old Kenny. Even a KKK's like, ooh. Oh, we can't be getting involved with this guy. We're just fine. I'm pretty sure they don't pay well anyway. Like, hey, how about some merch? I'm not interested in old merch. It's not even a hoodie you guys are wearing. Y'all just cut your mama's white linens and put two holes in it. You know who else does that? Children who are dressing up as ghosts for Halloween. Try to buy me with merch. But to be fair, if they bought me a baby Yoda, all better off. I'm saying it's a wild, crazy shit. <laughs> Well, let's get back to the show. You know who else had a bad year? Ellen. (laughs) Like, this is a Cosby-level type of shock. When that stuff came out about him, I'm like, no way, what? I used to eat up everything that he was on. I remember being a kid and tuning into TBS each and every single day to watch the Cosby show in reruns. I used to love watching kids say the darndest things. I don't even like kids. (laughs) And I don't get it with these rich guys. These older rich guys. They're always doing weird, twisted sexual shit. You hear all these stories like rich dudes going to Thailand and buying like 13-year-old girls. Then the owner of the New England Patriots get busted for... Getting a happy endings massage at some low-rent, run-down, sketch-ass massage parlor. And of course, Cosby pretending like he's gonna help these actresses get gigs and stuff, but then instead spiking their jello. <laughs> proving once and for all Dr. Huxtable's favorite prescription Rufalin. Don't these guys know? There are money-hungry ass bitches out there who let them do whatever weird shit they want to do consensually. I don't believe I've lived a very exciting life. I certainly would not consider myself a social butterfly. But despite my hermit lifestyle and limited interaction with the outside world, yet I have met a handful of girls who's either considered working in the sex trade or has in some capacity. So I'm sure if you have millions of dollars and you even remotely try to seek out these kinky hoes who have no shame and will let you degrade them for a price, you're going to find them. I can guarantee you. Like, let's say, I don't know, like, what weird twisted shit people are in, like peeing on chicks is a thing. Then, R. Kelly get busted for that. I guarantee you, if your thing is you like urinating on a bitch, ten grand. I guarantee you, if you if you pay someone ten grand, it'll happen. Just ask for ID ahead of time. Make sure she's not sixteen years old. Foo. <laughs> The only saving Grace Ellen's got going for her here is her sins weren't of the sexual fiend variety. She wasn't putting her puddin' pop into some enjou who didn't want it put there. Her demographics seem like white women 35 and up. That demographic is now known in 2021 as the Karen Demographic. Oh, believe me, while there's guys like me, people like me, who when they heard this about Ellen, was like, well, I'm bailing ship, I don't want anything to do with this psycho bitch. I like kind and nice people. Like legitimate ones. But I definitely don't represent the rest of the human race. There are definitely people out there where when this broke, either wasn't a fan before, or was already a fan but then became an even bigger fan. Lurk, I like my idols exactly like me. Mean and terrible. (laughs) Making all my subordinates cry is my favorite thing to do too. Ellen, drink a little blood today. I did not see that coming did you i'm telling you even a year ago if someone told me you know ellen's actually a monster she's really nasty i would have been like shut the front door how dare you you can talk smack about anybody you want you can even talk smack about me but ellen is off limits I don't know why, but to me, that felt impossible. Like someone could have told me, zombies are coming next week, and I would be like, holy crap, I better get to the grocery store before they sell out of Chef Boy's and Sun Chips. (laughs) But Ellen being a nasty bitch? Never. No way. Well... She's gone ahead and made me look like a real monkey's uncle. Now, hasn't she? (laughs) Some of the stuff that's coming out, it's unbelievable. Like, if the stuff is true, we are dealing with the most dastardly villain to ever walk the earth. (laughs) Sure, Hitler tricked some people into taking the worst shower of their life. (laughs) But he didn't go as far as to dunk a waiter's face in scalding hot soup just because he bumped into her a little bit. And I know, I can't go by everything that the internet says. I could literally go on Wikipedia, start a page for myself and talk about how much money I have and how many broads I've betted. Uh, Scrooge McDuck money vault type of rich and a modest 100. Because any more than 100, then I'm a syphilitic STD-riddled degenerate. Much like Ellen. There's <laughs> a caller, Ellen Degenerate. Well, they used to call her that because she was into chicks, which is crazy, come on, we're all into chicks. Even seemingly straight women, you get a couple drinks in her and a nice pair of tatas in front of her and she's gonna honk them. So they were wrong about why she's a degenerate, but they got a little wood on the ball. Turns out she's real nasty, a real nightmare. I wanted to say she don't know how to treat people. No, I think she knows how to treat people. She knows how to put on the facade of how to treat people. So clearly, she knows the difference between right and wrong. She's just opted to treat people in a way that you hope your children never get treated that way. I'm not speaking from actual experience. I'm speaking from The Sims experience. <laughs> That's as close as I'll be getting to having kids. Oh, believe me, whenever somebody mistreats my sim children, I invite them over for dinner and then trap them in a pool for days. And there's another account where. Let's just call her a big girl. Nah, oh, wait, that's rude. I think they prefer. So, to keep the story short, Lardass was a waitress at a restaurant that uh, Ellen and Portia showed up to. She served them for their meal, and then the next day the manager calls Lardass in because of Ellen, and she thought, oh my goodness, this is my big break. Ellen's going to use me in something. She liked me that much. But here's the thing. I can't put it all on Ellen. I feel like this girl set herself up for disappointment. Apparently she's an actress slash comedian. So she needed to think about that logically. There might be four or five actually funny women comics in this entire world. And because they're so rare, all of them are millionaires. None of them are serving at a restaurant. You made $4 at your last gig? You should probably use that as an indicator of how funny you actually are. (laughs) And if you think she wants to use you as an actress, you have to remember, the people who get stopped in the streets to get modeling and acting gigs are always very, very good looking. This lardass needed to run that over her head, needed to take inventory of what she has and who she is and been like, So I'm not that good-looking, and I'm not funny. What would Ellen want to do with me? Oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. I need to brace myself, because I think I'm about to eat a bunch of shit. Which, of course, is what happened. Ellen went as far as trying to get this large and in-charge woman fired for having chipped nail polish. Was she nice to you? Yes. Was she attentive? Yes. Was that chip nail polish in your soup? No? Then pipe down, degenerate. This is gonna come back to haunt you. <laughs> now this has nothing to do with Ellen. But thinking about this... big girl... and her situation, it got me thinking. We now live in a world where... you can't call a spade a spade. Body shaming is so yesterday, which on a regular basis is fine. You can't go on Instagram and destroy every single fat chick you see on there. I've tried. There's only 24 hours in a day. (laughs) So you have to be strategic. You can't go after somebody just because they're fat. You can only go after the ones who are fat, but not ashamed of it. (laughs) The ones who post on the IG pictures of themselves in a bikini? Fair game. You wanna assault my eyes like that? Here's some verbal assault for ya. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Put that in your sandwich and eat it. (laughs) We live in a delusional world where big girls are made to feel beautiful and fit girls who actually care about their bodies and take care of themselves are made to feel like they're the ones who are wrong. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I've come across some big tings who talk like they're attractive. They talk about their boy problems as if, It's completely unbelievable what's going on. I've overheard some of these girls talk about how fit this guy is that she's into and she's talking to him, but she's not sure that it's gonna go anywhere. I wanted to jump in and be like, I can guarantee you it's not going anywhere. Why? Because the key and operative word there is fit. You could be a real fat black chick and still get yourself a scrawny white guy, I think they're usually Portuguese, I think that's how they roll, but certainly not the fit guys. But some of these chicks that I've overheard over the years, they wouldn't be into the scrawny guy. They say things like, oh he ain't deezed, he doesn't work out. I'm like, do you? Are you crazy? If you're like a 300 pound fat black chick, and like a 120 pound skinny white guy is interested in you, I would seriously consider that. He may not be what you want, he may not be ideal, but at least you'll get some lovin'. And don't worry, lady, you won't have to deal with him for very long. I'm pretty sure you'll die of diabetes soon enough. (laughs) Having positive body image and positive body image talk has its place and uses, don't get me wrong. Anorexia is a thing. They're perfectly... Great looking girls with great bodies on them. Who don't love their bodies. Who think themselves as fat chicks for some reason. In those cases, of course, people need to step in and be like, You're out of your mind to think that. You look great. Your body's perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Here's a bucket of KFC. Please eat this. (laughs) But then there's a flip side of that. When a girl eats... Way the hell too much already. And people are telling her how beautiful she is and how that's the ideal body type. Do you hate this fat chick? Is that what's going on here? Cuz, cuz that's actually genius. Evil genius. Ellen genius. (laughs) But still, it's a pretty good move if you hate the person. It's bare minimum gonna lead to lots of embarrassing moments for her, if not an early grave. But if you're being serious, and this girl's your friend, you're setting her up for disappointment. You're setting her up for a lifetime of unhappiness. They're gonna go about their life thinking they're hot shit. They're gonna turn down guys, perfectly good guys, who are asking them out on dates because, you know, they're not that good looking, they don't have that much money... And because they think they're beautiful, they're like, I deserve better, I, I can get better. I have heard some of these girls complain, Oh, why can't I get a good guy, a hot guy? Guys are just using me, I can never keep the good ones. What's wrong with these guys? Well, the answer is actually pretty simple. If your mind wasn't so warped by your woke-ass friends, you'd be able to come to these conclusions pretty easy all by yourself. A, you're what we call in the business a slump buster. (laughs) And B, you're morbidly obese. What do you mean, what's wrong with these guys? You look like Jabba the Hutt. There'd be something wrong with them if they were into you. (laughs) Before we move on, I just wanted to wrap up the Ellen stuff. I'm very disappointed. That she, it turns out she's a big phony. That was a show I was hoping to get on. When I was a young actor, I'm like, someday I'm gonna make it big, and someday I'll be on Ellen. And that's when I know I would have made it big. She seemed like the genuine article. She seemed like the real deal. Now, even though the dancing seemed, I don't know how to describe it, seemed after a while kind of not authentic. It seemed like put on. Because you could be a super nice person, but not have rainbows shoot out of your ass. (laughs) Despite the venom I spew on this show, I would like to think I'm still a nice person. I like to think I'm still kind. But don't ever get that confused with happy. Now I know nothing about happiness, but the few times that I've been close to it, I've never been inspired to start dancing. But no matter how put on it was, it did help create this atmosphere of positivity. And she was having a great time. Whenever Ellen danced, she seemed like she was having the time of her life. And it turns out, that's legit. She is having a great time. But only because when Ellen is dancing on her show, she's actually imagining herself dancing on the graves of all her employees. (laughs) I see it in her eyes. Joy like that, you can't fake. But everything else is a sham. Turns out, everything that came out of her mouth was complete and utter horse shite. She didn't believe any of it. Those are just words that her writers wrote for her. Words they chose hoping to brainwash her so that when she came backstage, she might treat them with a little bit of respect. Allow them to keep their dignity a little. Turns out, embedded in the script was just a cry for help. (laughs) Stone Cold Steve Austin had it right all along. D.T.A. Don't trust anybody. Now, when I first started this game, I was kind of wide-eyed. I was 27, so not really wide-eyed, but they were wider than they are now. Now it's like stereotypical now. Now I got traditional squinty Asian eyes, at least metaphorically. (laughs) But I feel like as I'm aging, I don't know why, but maybe like I'm hard of vision as well. But it seems like my eyes are physically getting smaller. Well, it's either that or I'm getting so fat that my cheeks are infringing on my eyes territory. Giving the appearance my eyes are against. It it seems like that's the case. But me looking grotesque is not what I'm trying to get at. I have jokes to tell, and I don't want this thing running five hours long. Those teardrops on my guitar are just gonna have to wait until later. (laughs) But what I meant to say was, when I first started, I thought I was going to be a big deal. I was like, acting is for chumps. Podcast is where it's at. Not realizing, well, acting is usually left for beautiful people. Well, if you want to be successful anyway, if you want to screw up your movie instead of race back like 20 years, you go and cast Kelly Marie Tran. (laughs) TV and movies are for beautiful people with, uh, a lot of the times ugly hurts. And radio is a medium for ugly people with beautiful voices, but also sometimes ugly hurts. Whereas podcasting, that's for the leftover crap. You're probably not going to have a beautiful face. You don't even need a beautiful voice. You're just ugly. And telling stories no one wants to hear. And it's worse if you have an ugly heart. Because then you just have no redeeming qualities. Podcasts. (laughs) And I guess I fit that description to the T. Because whereas once upon a time I'm like, oh yeah, the audience is coming. Like, if I build it, they will come. I've always been told, if you got game, they'll find you. I built it. 300 episodes. But you might as well slap my face on the side of a milk carton. Because much like that kid who didn't come home from school one day in 1982, they haven't found me yet. (laughs) And I guess the people who did drop by were just visitors, I guess. They took one listen they're like oh this isn't for me it's too sexist it's too racist it's all the things i want to be in life but i'm too woke to admit it and to those people best of luck if you think this is bad if you think this is scary world's going to eat you up take it from me i know from first hand experience the world will eat you up if you're soft Because this is a cruel and scary world. Even when you think you've found safe harbor and you're doing something good and positive with your life. Hell, you could even think you're one of the lucky ones who have found your calling in life and that you're changing the world. But then you realize you've joined (laughs) Nexium. Have you heard of this bullshit? Is that thing Allison Mack is a part of. Or not even just a part of. She's like second in command. This was that group that was branding chicks. And I don't mean in the way that Nike's like, Yo, LeBron, here's a bunch of money. You're wearing our shit from now on. Oh, I'm sure these chicks would have been thrilled if they were just mandated to drink Pepsi over Coke. I'm telling you, nobody's putting up a fight if you're like Britney over Christina. But nope. They got branded like how a cow gets branded. Allison Mack was so involved, her initials were a part of that brand. Best of luck to her lawyers. I don't care if you're the world's most crooked, evil, slimiest, scumbag lawyer. You ain't getting her off. When the physical evidence is literally the person's name, they are toast. (laughs) Is it ringing a bell now? The sex cult. But to be fair, it's not actually, like, the entire thing is not a sex cult. Nexium's the parent company, and then there's affiliating branches under it. DOS is the sex one. Um, I don't know what it stands for. It's Latin. I'm sure I could look it up, but I'm sure I could do a lot of things in life. But here I am. Once again, doing a podcast. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that Nexium is a great organization. In general, they sound like a Ponzi scheme. It's just instead of moving flimsy Tupperware, they're moving self help to the rich and famous. And everybody starts off at the bottom rung, the entry level company into the web that is Nexium. Uh, it's called ESP, I think I know what this one stands for, Executive Success Program. This is where people pay two grand, not a month, not even for a week, either two grand or a bit more than two grand for a five-day course. So what's that workout to be? That's $400 a day? $400 a day?! I'm telling you, if I'm forking over $400 a day, there better be lap dances and pizza. I better walk out of there not only with a newly found sense of confidence, but there better be some lipstick on my collar and a huge smile on my face. (laughs) And from everything I've read, everything I've heard, But he didn't even come up with ESP. I mean, he came up with the program, he came up with the business, but the techniques themselves are just stolen from other people. Stolen from other schools of thought. So you know these people got rich illegitimately. These are not the thinkers of the world. These are definitely just good-looking people who got discovered and can read and memorize a couple lines. Some of them can deliver it better than others, but in general, that's what they got in common. Because I'm telling you if, because I got tons of issues, tons and tons of issues. In fact, I know I need therapy. Oh, there's no doubt I need to lay down on a long chair and spill my guts. But the problem is, at the end of the session, at the end of the hour, I would have only merely touched the tip of the iceberg. I would have only revealed one one millionth of my problems and the doc would be like, I gotta stop you there. Yeah, fascinating stuff, Mr. Ho, but uh, I'm gonna need to bring you back about three times per week for the next, oh, at least 52 weeks at about $250 per hour. I'm like, well, doc, thanks for your time, but that's not gonna happen. I'm out of here. And he'd just be like, Oh, okay, well, that's fine. I didn't really want to deal with your mommy issues anyway. But you still owe me for this session, you still owe me $250. Then I'd be like, Correction, Doc! Miguel Sanchez owes you $250. You've been bamboozled! <laughs> so I'm forced to deal with my issues through more affordable means. Mostly in the form of Meatball Subs and Orange Crush. you tell me these successful rich people couldn't crack open a couple of books? Couldn't read some Nietzsche? Now, I'm more of a movie adaptation type of guy. And even though I hear it's usually not as good as the book, but hey, I'm not complaining. Someone did the legwork for me. But with that being said, If I can save $400 a day, you bet your ass I'm reading that book. But I'm a dude, and from what I understand, dudes didn't really suffer from this program. They probably just only benefited. But the girls? ugh, A little reading would have gone a long way. If they had just cracked open a few self-help books, it would have saved them a few thousand dollars, a few years of their lives oh yeah, the most important part, it would have saved them from being juked by a 60-year-old man. (laughs) But all kidding aside, I do feel bad for these girls. And that's what they were. They were young girls. They were in their early 20s. They're all kind of the same. They are pretty. I think most of them like blondes. And in their early 20s, if not younger than that. But I'll get to that in a second. And this Raneri guy, he was pretty gross. Like, to be fair, he cleaned himself up later on. Like, when he started having millions of dollars funneled into him through all these brainwashed chicks of his, I guess he decided to invest three payments of $39.99 on some hip-hop abs, yo. (laughs) But before that, like, they showed pictures of him in the 90s and stuff, and this dude... Look, I get it, my man. Carbs are delicious, but you need to chill out. You need to take a step back on the cheese-filled crust. You need to reintroduce your body to some salads. Buddy, you're looking like Chechen Chung's bloated corpse. Those are donuts, not love. <laughs> and I found out the way you say his name is Raneri. It was from watching a Nikki Klein interview where she's like, oh, it's Ranieri, like Canary. And she was like so proud of herself. And I'm like, you're totally brainwashed, you stupid hoe. But the name is fitting. For a jailbird, I mean. (laughs) This dude right now is on the hook for 120 years in prison. Dude, no amount of ass is worth that. You could give me the entire Smallville lineup, Kristen Crook, Allison Mack, Erica Durant, and literally any girl that ever showed up on that show. If the deal was I get to hook up with all of them, a, even if it's a bunch of times, even if it's over a course of five years, then they're like, but the price is you have to go away for the rest of your life to the big house. Where Bubba's gonna do the type of stuff you were doing to these girls on the outside. But instead of only for five years, it's for the next 30. And the deal is, killing yourself is not an option. And even if you think that part's okay, you know the devil's in the detail. You don't expect to make a deal in good faith. You know, after 30 years, when Bubba's done with you, you know, because he's done with his sentence, what he did was heinous, but not as heinous as you. Oh no, I mean, what he got sent to jail for. That wasn't that bad. The stuff he's been doing to you for the past 30 years is completely uncalled for. <laughs> At least once a day, and whoa, sometimes two or three if the wind's blowing the right way. It's just not worth it. Because it's bad enough to be treated like a piece of meat for over 30 years. But then the devil's riding your ass for the next 300? (laughs) It is definitely not worth it. There are other joys in life. Anyone who thinks that getting ass is the only joy worthwhile in life has clearly never played GTA Online. Woo! I'm telling you, an invite-only game and a large pizza? Cloud nine, baby. (laughs) It's like those incel guys. They need to chill out for a second. I was gonna say, they need to get off the computer and get the hell out of their mama's basements and go make something of themselves. But that's a tall task. That would definitely be uh, the pot calling the kettle black type of situation, right? No, I'm not gonna go down that road. I'm not gonna tell them to get off their computer. No, they just need to close the Reddit window and fire up the Rockstar Game Launcher and have the time of their life. Because you can't live your life obsessed about trying to get your croissant into a girl's basket. (laughs) Only bad things will happen about any obsession. Listen, I like Lizzie Olsen as much as the next guy, but I know where to draw the line. Like, I'll watch a movie she's in, Or I guess more recently, I will watch an episode of WandaVision, and for the duration, I will sit there and admire her, I will think of her as swell in the bee's knees, and wish that she were my best girl, but then it stops there. I cannot go live the rest of my life trying to actually turn that into reality, because it is more likely... I win the lottery. In fact, I would need to win the lottery to even be in the conversation for a girl like Lizzie Olsen, not even the actual Lizzie Olsen. She don't give a shit about money. She got do-re-mi from the ceiling to the floor, you know? I've literally got nothing to offer her. You only get one life. Let's not waste it by getting hit up with a restraining order. (laughs) Now let's say you don't learn your lesson and you get yourself thrown in the slammer. There are two very distinct possibilities of what you will face when you're there. Either you're going to get the same treatment Bubba gave Raniere. Or the next worst possibility, you end up in the cell directly next to Bubba and Raniere. Those sounds, they'll haunt you forever. But I guess I'll do a little update. 200, a huge part of 200 was focused on incel. Now, this happened a few, I think months ago at this point. But I don't know if you remember, in Toronto, there was an incel guy who decided, the solution to me not getting a girl because they're always choosing another guy is let me kill a bunch of them, not realizing now there will be more competition For the ones who you didn't murder. (laughs) But I guess he didn't really care about that because he was really banking on that cop shooting him to death. He was challenging the cop. He's like, I've seen this shit in movies. They're definitely gonna shoot me. But I guess if he's like a whiny bitch who's like, Oh, I'm so unlucky, i never get the girl. I guess he does have a point. Because he's pretty unlucky. Not only was he born with a small penis, he also ran into one of like 10 non-trigger happy cops, right? (laughs) He poke and prodded at that cop. Shoot me, shoot me, do it. And he braced himself. But he didn't do it. It didn't happen. Turns out the cop wasn't a trigger happy white guy. But rather, he was a mellow yellow. And despite the vile prodding, the cop was just like, Nah man, it's cool. I'm not gonna shoot ya. You really did something messed up here today, son. But you're not gonna pay with your life. A judge and jury is gonna decide what that price is. Not me. And this guy, I'm pretty sure at that moment was like, Uh oh. Because now, he's pleading insanity. It ain't going down. The raging boners of his cellmates, I mean. (laughs) Because everybody loves that fresh meat. And word on the street is, this guy's very fresh. He wasn't getting any action out there. He was unsullied by skankies. Now, I've been saying this for a long time. Be careful what you wish for. This guy's about to learn that lesson the hard way. He's been wishing to not be celibate for years. He's about to get his wish. Once eight balls done with him, he'll no longer be celibate, involuntary or otherwise. (laughs) And it's always this sex stuff that gets people into trouble, right? That's where that term, getting caught with your pants down, comes from. Things are good, things are good, things are good, whoops, pants down. And it all goes away. Because this Ranieri dude, he was living the dream. He had the perfect con. He essentially had this major self-sustaining company... That was allowing him to live in the lap of luxury. And he didn't have to do anything anymore. He came up with the program, trained a bunch of people, and then the Ponzi scheme trained more and more people to train more and more people to get more and more people into the fold. His life could have been just hanging out with these hot, rich, young heiresses and teaching them some mumbo-jumbo, hocus-pocus shit and never ever have to worry about where his next meal's coming from ever again. Those soda pop princesses were literally using their fame, power, and reach to get him whatever the hell he wanted. He wanted to meet the Dalai Lama. They made it happen. Fast cars, a big house. I'm sure all he needed to do was ask, and they would have made it happen. Hell, he could have been like, I want to meet the Kool-Aid man! And then one of the sisters would be like, Well, he's not even real. And the other one's like, It's cool. We'll just... Dress a guy up. (laughs) Your company is making millions upon millions of dollars teaching people stuff that they could go read in a book. Stuff you stole from other people. That's the con! But of course, he had to go and diddle them. <laughs> it wasn't enough just being close, like really close personal friends with these hot babes who you know no other hot babes. I'm sure if you showed up to enough of these VIP events, you're going to meet some of them. You could diddle those ones. And if it doesn't work out, hey, not all relationships work out don't like 90% of marriages fall apart, so I think if you break up with a girl, she'll get over it. The problem lies in the double dip. On one hand, you want to be her guru, you want her business, you want her money and her connections. And on the other hand, or should I say, with your other hand, you want to be wrist-deep inside her vajayjay. LAUGHTER Double dipping. Sounds fun, I get it. But there's too much to lose. Especially when you're simultaneously double dipping with like 10 other bitches. What do you think is going to happen when she finds out about the other ones? Wrapping a girl around your finger, making her crazy for you, but not having that be exclusive? Have you ever seen black girl fights on Worldstar? Hey, it's one thing if they're taking each other out, Might do you a favor, but what if they don't? What if they team up and like hood whoop your ass? (laughs) He got greedy. He got really, really greedy. It wasn't enough just to make the money off these women. It wasn't enough just to be close friends with these women. Hell, it wasn't even enough to get to juke these women. Like he broke them, brainwashed them, took away their self-esteem... He manipulated them and wanted to own them. This guy nearly damn well became my hero. <laughs> oh, you bet your ass I looked up ESP classes in Toronto? I mean, don't get me wrong. This guy's a real hero. I mean, piece of shit. He's a real piece of shit. A real slime ball. a scumbag. He was gross. He was grotesque. But he did get these women to make him a millionaire and he got to give them all the (laughs) hibbity-dibbity-doo. I'm sure most people, when they watch the documentary, when they hear about what this guy was all about and what he did to all these women, they're mortified. They're horrified. But I'm here to ram testify. I sat there in amazement and awe. I'm like, this guy's grosser than I am. And he's not original at all. He stole all those ideas. He's a bigger hack than I'll ever be. But look at what he amassed. Look at what he achieved. (gasps) There's hope for me after all. (laughs) Now don't get me wrong. I don't back everything that this jailbird ever did. First and foremost, the word on the street is this dude who's like 60 years old or something like that, Juked a bunch of underage girls, three underage sisters at least. And the thing with these three sisters is, he either waited until they were each 15 before giving them the old, and this time I do mean old, hibbity-dibbity-doo, or like the oldest was 15. I don't know which one's worse. I guess, relatively speaking, him showing patience and waiting until we reached a certain age. But it definitely would have been better for everybody involved if he had waited three more years on top of that. Or never. Never would have been better. (laughs) How many underage girls in total? Who knows, right? I guess at the end of the day, only he his pedophile friends, and the devil know, right? Now, who am I kidding? He didn't look like he had any friends. <laughs> Just a bunch of cronies that he brainwashed. Now, here's the thing. I've been on streetcars that was on a route where a high school was, I guess. And there's definitely been hot chicks in kilts who have gotten on where I'm like, holy crap, there's no way that girl's in high school. She looks like a 23-year-old who's cosplaying. (laughs) But even though I love using the power of denial, even I looked around like, well, that doesn't explain her friends who clearly look 13. I'm just gonna look away now. There's the off chance she's the dumbest high schooler of all time and she's 19 years old and doing grade 10 math still. But even if that's the case... Do I really want to mess with someone who's that stupid? The answer is yes. I need them dumb in order for me to convince them I'm not a complete loser. (laughs) But with that being said, I'm not messing around with a 15-year-old. As far as I'm concerned, 15-year-olds should be reserved for other 15-year-olds. Teens, at least, right? And not even 19, for whatever reason, 19 to me is too old to be dating a 15-year-old. Like if I saw a 19-year-old chopping up a 15-year-old about, Hey there, predator, slow your roll. You're old enough to drink. It's still a dream for her. Move along, foo. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like... When it comes to trying to hook up with a teenager, even if she's 18, 19 years old, I feel like by the time you're in your 30s, you gotta forget about that age group. You gotta operate as if that ship has sailed. But definitely by 60, you shouldn't even have thoughts of that. Because that's just gross. You're old enough to be her grandfather. You've got liver spots. And old, saggy balls. (laughs) You're a disgusting octogenarian, and that's a little girl. Like this guy, I'm sure he was proud, I'm sure he was thrilled with his accomplishments. And yes, that was a plural. This guy juked at least three underage girls. And knocked them all up. And got them all to have abortions. Now, if it were, like, my buddy who was, like, in and around my age knocking up some floozy who was, once again, in and around my age, and he got her to, you know, give it up, give up on that unborn child, that might be a cause for celebration. That might be a, you savage dog type of moment. Yes, yes. Now, let's never do that again. You got to cut the floozies out of your life. If they work at Hooters, the Tilted Kilt, or a straight-up strip club, you gotta say no. (laughs) But this Raneri guy, I'm telling you, a 60-year-old knocking up a teenager, that's not a cause for celebration. He hasn't earned my respect. That ain't a savage move. That's a straight-up despicable one. We ain't celebrating with drinks. In fact, I might straight-up kill the guy. Sure, I'm not tough but neither is this guy, and I'm half his age. All I gotta do is keep him away from the oxygen tank. I probably wouldn't even need to throw a punch or use a weapon or anything like that. I probably need to just push him off the shortest flight of stairs, and I'm sure he'll break his hip and die from that. (laughs) But outside the pedophilia, now there's a sentence I never thought would come out of my mouth. But outside that grossness, I can't hate on everything that this Ranieri guy ever did. Including uh, in her prime, Allison Mac. Listen, her name's on the brand. He definitely juked her. If I have a cult and you want to be on my brand, take it off, bitch. <laughs> yes, I understand. We all want Lana. But we all can't have Lana, Clark. Why not give the old hibbida dibbida do to Chloe? You don't have to marry her, but just make sure you don't knock her up. But then again, that's Clark Kent. Honestly, if he did accidentally, then he could just super speed knock her down a flight of stairs, right? <laughs> wow, I guess it was a real windy day. But that's just it, right? We all want Lana. We all want Kristen Crook. And this dude doesn't sound like he got to sleep with Kristen Crook. But it sounds like he had her adoration. Which at this point in my life, I would settle for. I'm tired all the time anyway. If you were to ask me, oh, here's two options. Either give the old hibbity dibbity do to Kristen Crook. Or have a delicious meatball sub and take a sweet long nap. Ten years ago, answers A. Now, definitely taking the nap and having her on speed dial, of course, and realistically having her initiate texts. Sure, there's as homely and as much of a loser as I am. Even I've got some girls on on my phone there, but if I don't text them, they don't text me, which is fine because most of them, I'm I'm not trying to sleep with you. If I'm passing on Kristen Crook in exchange for a sandwich and a nap, what chance do you really think you have, lady? (laughs) The only reason you're getting a text from me is to break up the long streak of texts from all my dude buddies. I can only imagine how sweet a life it is to be receiving texts from Kristen Crook out of the blue, right? Like, that's definitely a white privilege. (laughs) She never texts no Asian guy in her life out of the blue. I doubt she has any black people on her phone. And even the native people on her show. She's the boss lady. You think she's sending them texts out of the blue? She's a pro, so she'll respond. But don't expect any friendly emojis. No cute bunnies for you. But the white man, Raneri, the Jailbird Canary, I'm sure she used so many emojis, it looked like she was contacting him through
1: hieroglyphics.
0: (laughs) This guy had her hook, line, and sinker. She was so enamored with him. There is actually a video recording of her reading a passage of literature that's near and dear to Raneri's heart. It would be the equivalent of me having Kristen Crook so wrapped around my finger that she starts reciting in front of hundreds of her people, hundreds of people that are there to see her. How can you hang up if the line is dead? If you want to walk, I'm a step ahead. If you're moving on, I'm already gone. If the light is off, then it isn't on. At least not today, not today, not today. Thank you. (laughs) I wonder, did she know? I mean, publicly, she's come out and denounced them. She's publicly said, no, I didn't know anything. I left them years ago. Of course, she's going to deny, deny, deny. That's the move. Anyone would. I would. I don't care what it is. If there's a slight chance that I'm getting off, I don't give a shit if I co-founded the organization. i am like, I didn't know. My goodness. That's disgusting. I loved Chloe Sullivan so much on Smallville. There's no way I would have defiled her. Even if on the inside, I'm like, oh my goodness, did she ever let me defile her? I can't believe she let me do all those things. Daddy issues. (laughs) Now, of course, I want to believe Kristen Crook. I want to believe she's innocent. I wanted to say she's Asian, but let's face it. The only thing Asian about her is that she hates other Asians. Especially the Viet, because goodness gracious, Kristen Crook's still my girl! Because <laughs> despite her saying she didn't know, she didn't have anything to do with any of that stuff, it's a little hard for me to believe. Why? Because she wasn't just a lowly student. It's not like she just took that five-day primer and was like, you know what? Let's splurge. Let's do that 13-day primer too. And then called it a day, having spent less than 20 days with the organization. That's not her story at all. She didn't just move up and become a coach. Because again, I feel like the greater majority, if not all the people that are involved with ESP, the Ponzi scheme con job. I feel like those people probably legitimately didn't know because they're bottom rung, right? Like, just think about your job. I think about my job. Like, unless you're in management or something, but, like, I'm a lowly worker there. I have no idea what the head honchos are up to. I don't even know who the head honchos are. But Kristen Crook ascended past ESP. Like, remember how earlier on I said... Nexium is the parent company. There's a bunch of branches underneath it. There's DOS. I think that's the sketchy one. That's the one where people were getting branded. People were forced to give naked pictures of themselves as collateral. But then there is also JNES, ESP, of course. But then there was also another branch. Uh, I guess a more forgotten branch of the Nexium family. A branch called. Girls by Design. Co-founded and headed up by none other than Kristen Crook. I suspect that puts her as the leader of one of the branches. I feel like that puts her in the inner circle. And her best friend is the second in command. And she clearly dealt with this Ranieri dude a lot, a lot, because she was legit reading passages from things he loved. Think about how many professors and teachers in your day. I mean, how much stuff have they taught you? Yet, do you know any of their favorite stuff? I went to theater school for three years. The amount of hours and days you spend there, it literally feels like a cult. Yet I know nothing about my professors. I'm definitely not reading out passages from their favorite books and authors, right? So for this girl to know that, they must have had a pretty close relationship. And even if he didn't spill the beans, come on, she's best friends with Allison Mack women gossip women talk it's hard for me to believe she didn't know what was going on but once again the power of denial is necessary here i gotta shut up all my logic i'm like that's baby girl kristen crook i can't afford to logically think this through because when i do that and i add up the evidence i feel like she knew and what's even scarier is girls by design it wasn't open to everybody. As the name would imply, it's open to only girls, but not even all girls. This was an organization that took in and groomed girls who were between the ages of 11 and 15. 15? Weren't those three sisters, 15 years old each? And... The answer is yes, and word is this guy had a thing for girls 11 to 15 years old. So whether Kristen Crook knew or not, Girls by Design was actually designed to basically recruit and brainwash, let's say talent for the creepy guy at the top of the totem. But when I put it like that, it feels like she didn't know. Cause even though I don't know Kristen Crook personally, I've been watching her, not from the bushes, easy, c you got bigger fish to fry than me. (laughs) But I've been watching her on TV for like, I don't know, like 15, 16 years now. And I've read and watched countless interviews of her. And I just don't get that she's messed up like that. You look in her eyes and it looks normal. You look in Tiffany Alvord's eyes, I'm like, this bitch is crazy. So I feel like she was duped into this. She was trying to find purpose in her life, and this old creepy dude was like, yes, yes, you shall go back to Canada and get me some of those fine, supple, young children so I can teach them all how to be powerful women, of course. (laughs) I'm like, that's the first red flag there. What the hell does he know about being a woman? Up until he came up with this program, he seemed pretty estranged with women as a whole. (laughs) Never mind understanding the ins and outs of a woman's life and her challenges and her journey. But never mind that. I could see how easily it would be to get swept up in something like this. Especially when you're young and impressionable and lost, I guess, trying to find yourself, trying to find a deeper and greater meaning to your life. I guess it's hard to tell the difference between a group of passionate people working towards a greater goal and a bunch of people who get a little too caught up in what they're doing and the next thing you know, you're in a goddamn cult. But you know what? I don't even care. Even if Kristen Crook knew, even if she knew what Girls by Design was designed to do, even if she knew she was essentially creating a farm system, a stable of underage hoes, if you will, all to be fed to the grossest lion of all time, pervert Ranieri, I don't even care. I still love Kristen Crook. And even if the entire world turned their backs on her, I'd be there for her. I'd put a ring on her still, wife her right up. Now, if three years in the relationship, she's like, Kenny, I'm going to start a brand new organization. It's called Kenny by design. At that point, I'd know exactly what that meant. She's setting up a farm system where I'm going to end up getting my butthole diddled. By men. (laughs) At that point, you better believe there's going to be a Kenny-shaped hole in that wall. I'm gone. Alright, that's it. That's episode 300 of The Kenny Ho Show. I hope you had yourself a great time. I want to say I had a great time, but oh my god, was this a lot of work. But regardless, here we are at the end of yet another milestone episode. And I know historically, at the end of these milestone episodes, I like to say heartfelt things. Poignant things, perhaps. So, for that reason, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to go down the same road. I do not want to be known as a one trick pony. Listen, I pride myself on mixing it up. Notice how I don't just, rightfully so, by the way, refer to women as dirty, no good whores. Because I know deep down, there's so much more than that. They're also filthy harlots, disgusting strumpets, and my personal favorite, Ho as bitches. Hey man, I'm not calling all women whores. I'm simply just calling the ones who are filthy whores filthy whores. Oh, and believe me, men can be filthy whores too, but we refer to those guys as syphilitic he bitches. It is definitely not any better. Like, Wilt Chamberlain is disgusting, right? When I heard he had slept with 20,000 chicks, I'm like, you're freaking gross. Now, if I were a basketball player and had to play against this guy, every single time I had to face this team, I'm like, I'm sitting out. Like, knowing what I know now about transmittable diseases, I don't even want this guy breathing on me. Just in case I catch one of his dirty man-whore diseases. The only thing that men have on women... Well, let me take that back. The only thing that he bitches has on filthy strumpets is that no man has ever gone to the club flirting with girls with the sole intention of getting one of these girls to buy them a drink. Not unless it's a bet. Whereas I'm sure you know at least a girl or two like that, if not dozens of bitches like that, where that's their go-to move. When you behave disrespectfully like that, then as far as I'm concerned, you deserve every ounce of disrespect that comes back your way. And this hasn't even ever happened to me. I have never... I'm not a club person, and whenever I go to the bar, all my buddies are dudes, so we just have a few drinks and then get the hell out. But I know girls like this. I used to be friends with girls like this. The most egregious example of this, like I had a friend in high school who's a sweet, chubby girl, who wore glasses, who was a cute little nerdy girl. I considered her one of my best friends. But after high school, she lost a couple of pounds and just hoed it up, man. This was her move. Getting juked on the weekends was also her move. And she was just not the same afterwards. Oh listen, listen, listen. You need to hold your horses. You ain't that pretty. And weight loss and I can tell you this from personal experience, it is temporary. If you are genetically predisposed to be a fatty, fatty, fat, fat, there's a very good chance when you're not living in a gym anymore, you're going to be fat again. So don't be a bitch. It doesn't fit on you. Just like that tight dress. You're like two weeks of not going to the gym and having one too many burgers away from that not fitting anymore. Don't have a black heart. It's not a good look on you. It's a good thing I'm a bottom-rung loser with little to nothing to lose. With really no hope and therefore aspirations for myself to put myself into a life where I got stuff to lose. Because the stuff I say on this show, they definitely put me on a cross, right? They'd burn me like I was a witch or something. And while I'm up there, I'm like... I was just trying to make yucks. I was just trying to be entertaining. Wait a minute. Why do I care? Y'all putting me out of my misery? All right. See if I care. Light her up. Because I've realized my sense of humor is not for 2021. My sense of humor was more for like 1981. Oh, I would have been a hoot back then. Well, maybe not me specifically, but like a white person with the same sensibilities would have been a hoot back then. I would have been washing dishes or doing dry cleaning still. 1981, 1951 seemed like the same move for my people. It's just so crazy how everybody is more segregated than ever. It's blacks against whites. There's so much anti-Asian sentiment that it's like Asians versus whites. With that whole Trump thing, build a wall, it's Latinos against whites. Come to think of it, it really is just whites versus everybody else, right? The natives are definitely like, oh, we know, bud. Our great forefathers know of the evil of the white devil. They are why I drink today. Almost non-stop. I'm like, you're doing that because you're a drunkard and you don't have to pay taxes or really have a job if you don't want to. Calm down there, black dog shitting. Kenny Ho Show versus natives as well, yes. But that's just the thing. It's so crazy. It's like, it's your people against my people. Here's the thing. You gotta break it down. You gotta be realistic about this. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, native, and whatever there is, brown. You have to understand. People are no good. They're a dime a dozen. And worse yet, seemingly more and more so. Dickheads seem to be a dime a dozen. Because I caught myself the other day. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm much more Asian, much more proud to be Asian. But then I just recalled there have been plenty of Asian people who have been dicks to me. And not just the dirty Viet. They're also dirty Chinese people, all right? There's good and bad within each and every race. So instead of segregating your race against mine... And we should definitely not put more black chicks on TV. If for no other reason, we should stop this craziness to stop putting all these unattractive, sassy black chicks on TV. Listen, if you need more women on TV, please put some attractive ones on there and don't have them be sassy and, you know, scar me for the rest of my life. Like, who the hell even knows what Megan Fox is? She's plenty diverse, but also plenty attractive. And she seems like a sweet girl. Please put more Megan Fox on TV is all I'm saying. But we gotta knock it off with this you against me and me against him and she against this person and that person. I'm not saying we all need to come together as a people. But I am saying we should all just hate the pricks. The divide should be all the nice, kind people with good hearts versus all the ones who are nasty, mean, and have black hearts. Sure, we're going to be greatly outnumbered. And I, in this scenario, I'm considering myself one of the good ones. I don't care. It's my show. Come on. It's probably going to be like 6 billion to... No, more than that. It's probably going to be like... Basically $7 versus a few hundred thousand. But I'm all about being the underdog. I'm always out to have the odds against me. I'm always about the improbable cause. I'm just talking about the Kenny Ho Show right now and how sad the numbers have been over the past seven years. I'm pretty dead on the inside. I don't really feel much anymore. Maybe by 400, I'll be completely dead. This won't zing at all. And in these trying times, in the time of the global pandemic, I hope everyone's realized what I've come to realize. And that is, life is meaningless. Life is pointless. Everything you do, everything you try to do in life is completely Worthless. Because look at it. There are definitely people in this world who have dedicated their lives, put all their time, effort, and energy into starting a business, getting their dream job, chasing whatever goal it is that they're chasing, right? At the sacrifice of friends, family, and relationships. And what do they have to show for it in 2021? A whole lot of nothing. A bunch of numbers in red. All these people are holed up in their homes, all by their lonesome, without a soul to reach out to, just to have a conversation with, just to take their minds off their troubles. These people aren't built like me. I'm almost certain I'm part of a very small group of people who are like, wait, I get to stay at home every day? and not have any human contact whatsoever? And the government's gonna be paying me month after month to do so? My goodness, this is the best. Cue the music. Hey now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. Now, what I've known for a while, not always. I've not always been wise. I mean, I feel like I'm insinuating I'm wise now. That's not what I'm trying to get at. But I do have this one piece of wisdom. Blood is thicker than water. It is about family at the end of the day. Friends come and go. Hoes come and go even more frequently. And not so much for me. They don't come at all. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no going if they're not coming here. But friends come and go. I'm telling you. I thought David was a ride-and-die type of guy. Like, whenever I used to make plans, I'm like, all right, let me hit up David. Let's see if he wants to be in on this. Whatever it was. But I make one extensive, really thorough, 20-minute-long gay joke about the man, and he's gone in the wind. Friends come and go. Family is forever. I've literally gotten into fistfights with my brothers, but here they are by my side. So to sum up, you should not segregate yourself by the color of your skin, but rather you should stick to those who are the same as you on the inside. Strictly by blood. Damn everyone else. In fact, bring on the meteor. These fools don't deserve to live anymore. I'll talk to you next time on the coolest podcast ever, The Kenny Ho Show. But until then, you take care yourself. Toodles.